Lamont Patterson, thank you for joining us today. We know you could be somewhere else doing some other things instead of sitting here listening to this show. We appreciate you and love you for that. Uh, today we got a great show lined up for you. We got Mr. Damon the Real Naylor, better known as the Renaissance Man. He's an author, speaker, leadership trainer, consultant, educator, and uh, amongst other things, you know. But we're gonna let him tell you about that, and uh, we're gonna jump in to the show. I just had to give a minute or two to Big Boy upstairs. You know, it's my belief, and I hope it is yours. You know, with his help, you know, we can get through these trying times. And that's exactly what we're dealing with right about now, some trying times, boy, because it's a whole lot of crazy-ish going on out there in this world right about now. So hopefully he'll find a way to help us see through this soon, sooner than later. So with that being said, uh, let me see, is Mr. Naylor with us? Hello, hello. What's going on, Mr. Patterson? Oh man, I'm 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 well. Uh, thank God. Thank you for joining us. I hope you and your family yes, are doing well, also. Yes, sir. All is well on this end. We're blessed, just thankful to be alive, and thankful for this opportunity to chat again with and to share with you and your listeners. And we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you as well. Um, I guess today we're going to be talking about seeing, saying, and seizing. And I, I think the title, uh, should I say the topic of the show, is, is definitely uh, got me scratching my head, and those are some powerful words. So, you know, we're going to definitely um, put meaning to those words for our listeners, you know, the ones that are still sleeping. Yeah. I, I hate to say yeah. that, but there's a lot of people out there <laughs> in the world that <laughs> actually still yeah. sleep. Even though they got their yeah. eyes open, they are still asleep. Yeah, wide open, <laughs> like you say, still yes, asleep, sir. <laughs> still asleep. <laughs> yes, sir. I like I like this about have the courage to pursue your vision. So let's let's kind of start there. Okay. Well, the key is wherever we're going to head and the direction we're going to go in life, we have to be bold and courageous about it. But as you stated. We have to be in a, a an a awake state in order to be able to see and visualize. You have to be conscious and know, and at least not, we're not going to fully know, but have a sense of direction of where you're going, being able to see it before you get there. And for instance, when we look at traveling, I know I do a lot of traveling, so I'm very familiar with maps. Of course, online you have MapQuest and you have your different services you can use to help you plot out your course. But the key to it, it serves as a visual aid for you to know where you're going. And you're able to look at it and see, well, I'm here, and, you know, I have to go there. And what happens when you see that, it dictates which roads and highways you're going to go and use in order to get to that destination. And the same can be applied to our lives. Whenever we kind of see the direction and we see the end goal, we see the end game, then you can literally plot your course and make it to that destination. But it takes having that vision first, which is the, the key component. But then after that, you have to have the courage to, to, to take the journey, to, to make the trip. Because some people, they can see it, they can visualize it, and, and if they were to put forth any effort, there's a great possibility they could obtain it and achieve it. But because of that fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, 
They just decide not to take the trip. They decide to play it safe, to settle for mediocrity, and just stay where they are, you know, whereas they see where the potential that they have. People even tell them, look, man, a girl, you need to pursue that. I can see you becoming this. I can see you on TV. I can see you known nationwide, worldwide, but yet they don't have the courage to go after what they see and then sometimes what others see. Let me ask you a question. Let me jump in here right quick because I know so many distractions going on right now, uh, and and people seem to, to me, have a a problem with staying focused. And and don't you have to remain focused? Uh, Even if you visualize something, don't you have to stay focused? Yes, that is critical because what happens when you pursue your vision, you're going to encounter unforeseen obstacles and circumstances. And as you're stating, what happens when people, when those things arise, sometimes people, they will shift their eyes off of the goal and the prize and the vision, and they'll put it on those things. Now, of course, there are some things that will happen in life that you have to address. But even while addressing, and definitely after addressing, you want to get back to business, get back on track, get back on the road, get back to going towards that goal and that vision that you have. I always tell people sometimes you're going to possibly take a detour. You might get off and, you know, get off and have to follow a different route. You're going to have to make adjustments. Sometimes you have to make um, adjustments in the, the length of the goal, the time frame. Um, you know, you have to do all kinds, of, you have to make all kinds of modifications just to keep you on track. And as I say, just relating it back to traveling. Sometimes you can have your trip mapped out, but then all of a sudden you run into some roadblocks, you run into some construction, you run into some bad weather. Well, you don't stop the trip. No, you just recalibrate. You, you, the GPS will, will give you an alternate route. But the whole point is that you keep traveling until you get to your destination. And oftentimes you might, it might take a little longer than expected, but the key, as you stated, is staying focused, being persistent. And Persistence is being able to continue after a goal, task, or idea despite the obstacles or hindrances. And that's what happens. Sometimes people, those those things arise, and they just stop. They just they get off track. They lose focus. And then, you know, I notice when people lose their momentum, that's what really knocks them out of the race because they're not familiar with uh, regaining and regenerating that momentum so that they can get back on their journey. But, yes, being focused is the key. What do you say about people that I guess they they, they use, well, um, weren't you going this direction, wasn't you supposed to be doing that, and they'll tell you that they forgot? <laughs> well, if, if they were able to forget, then they really didn't have that vision. And I would say, okay, if they had the vision, you know, you have three types of vision. I always teach this as well. You have imagination, which is you. You have vision or a dream, which is divinely inspired, comes from God. And then you have an illusion, which can come from the enemy or the devil. And so if it's a, a, a God-ordained vision or dream, then you cannot forget it. You know, it's just within your spirit. You won't even be allowed to forget it. When you try to get off course, when you try to stop, that vision and dream will literally wake you up. It'll keep prompting you. You'll be irritated. You'll be frustrated until you get back on track and begin to go after that particular vision and, you know, mental picture, that pictorial image that you have. 
But if it's just you yourself, it's easy to forget because it's just you and your imagination. And like I said, when you begin to encounter all of those of the opposition and the different things that happen in life, if it's just your imagination, it's like, oh, well, I'm not even worried about that. You, you're not that very, you're not very serious about it. And if it's an illusion, you know, it's just a deceptive picture that you really didn't believe in anyway, you know, and you come to the realization that wasn't me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do that. That that's that's not even me. But as I said, if it's really a God given dream, God given vision, God inspired vision then you won't forget it. You won't be able to forget it. Yeah, I was thinking people, you know, in the in the business sector that have a function yeah. or a job or a commitment or even yeah. uh, 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 agreeing to even take on a task, and somewhere yeah. in the middle of that, you know, um, well, I was going to do it, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that comes, with, with that comes prioritization, you know, and just, being organized and knowing what you're supposed to do because, uh, you know, all of the steps and the different tasks, they're important. And so you definitely don't want to miss something that can be very important to the to the overall bigger picture. But, yeah, you know, that boils down to just being organized and prioritizing things and making sure that you cover all your bases, cover all your steps, because it just, this depends on what it is. Sometimes you if you miss one step, one critical task, it'll just adversely affect the whole vision, the whole dream, the whole goal of what was supposed to go on. And that's why, like I say, you have to make sure that you organize your steps and tasks and that you complete and basically check off everything. But that, yes, it boils down to organization and prioritization. Yeah, I totally agree with that because even though it may not seem like uh, a big issue uh, with yeah. the person that's supposed to be uh, um, tending to the task, they don't know how yeah. detrimental it is to the other person. Yeah, yeah. I always tell you know people this too, and I share it in my book. You know, there's nothing that's insignificant. No role, no task that's insignificant. And oftentimes people will have titles and tasks that are behind the scenes, and they feel as though, okay, it's not that important. If I'm not here, it won't matter. If I don't do my part, I won't. Yes, it will. You know, I know people sometimes look down upon, uh, say, janitors and cooks and things of that nature, but let that janitor not show up. And it's just for one night, and it's a total, totally different atmosphere the next day. That's the, you, you begin to learn and you see how critical that person's job is, although it may seem insignificant, it is not. You know, let that head chef not show up to that restaurant, and, and which, you know, he's behind the scenes. He's behind the closed doors. Watch what happens in that kitchen, how chaotic and crazy it is. And that's why I'd like, to, like people to understand, regardless of what role or task you're playing, it is a, an integral part of that bigger picture, the bigger network, so don't ever see yourself or what you're doing as insignificant because it, it's important. You're needed. You're needed, and, and whatever you're doing is necessary. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me tell my listeners, you know, if you'd like to join the conversation, uh, all you got to do is press number one on your phone, and uh, we'll be glad to let you join in with your questions and your comments. That's number one. That's the the number right before the two. All right. <laughs> 
So, so Damon, uh, I, you know, I'm listening to you, and I know that you're a very articulate young man. So let's talk about why is articulation so important? Well, it's one thing to see it, but then it's another to be able to express it and share it with others. And you want to be able to share your vision, your dream, your goals with others so that they can know how they can assist and help you. If, for instance, you're trying to, you know, you want to build a, a house or something and you're going to need help if you're trying to either get the general contract or you're trying to be the general contractor yourself, you need to know how many bedrooms you want, how many bathrooms, how many stories. And so you have to be able to share that and give specific information, specific details so that the people who are doing it can have absolute clarity and a full understanding of what they're supposed to do. And this goes for anything that we're attempting to do or even in the process of doing. You have to know exactly what you're doing so that you can explain it unto others. There's a prophet in the Bible, Habakkuk, he said, write the vision and make it plain so that he may run that, read it. So as you write it and you explain it, you analyze it, you give the different steps, you give the different procedures, then those who are going to help you either as uh, on your team, being a player on your team, an employee, or even those who are purchasing your products, a lot of times they want to know, okay, I, I love what you're doing. How can I help you? What, what, do, what else do you need? But if you, you're confusing, like, well, I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess you could do this. But no, you have to have clarity on that so that you can tell others, and then they can know exactly what they're supposed to do. But if you don't, if you're not clear on it and you can't share it, you know, um, that's where the confusion comes in. Because I know many people who have very elaborate and even divinely inspired visions, but they they fail to be able to communicate it to others. They miss steps. They they miss information. They're not thorough and intimate with it enough that they can't just break it down and unveil it and, and reveal it to the person or to the people who are going to assist them in accomplishing this vision or dream. And that's why it's so important to be able to, to break it down, to share it, write it down, get your goals, get your plans, get your strategies, get your deadlines, get your overall timeline. And then when you tell people, it's like, okay, I see where you're going. I see what you are trying to do. And then they'll also see where they fit. It's like, okay, I see how I can help you now that you've explained that. I've had that to happen to me over and over again once I explain to them what I'm trying to accomplish, what direction I'm going in, and what I'm what I'm doing. And then it's like, okay, I see where I can help you, where you need help. I see who I can connect you with who could also help you even more. But that's the key to having that the ability to articulate it and share it because people don't know what, how to help you if you just have the vision but can't break it down. Great stuff, and I'm sure it's important not to uh, speak to them in English if they only understand French. Yeah, exactly. You got to break it down in layman terms, and you can't have it just too deep. You know, you have to make it edible and just uh, able to be digested to even the most simplest person. You know, just just break it down, take your time, and, and make it understandable. Because I think one thing, and I have. I just being a visionary myself, once you really understand your vision, your goal, your dream, where you're going, and you become intimate with it, 
It's easy for you, but that ability to cast it onto others, you have to practice that because, you know, in your eyes, a lot of times, it's just normal. It's your first nature. I used to say second nature, but once you become intertwined with it, it becomes your first nature. So you, you do a lot of things without even thinking, without having to plan and strategize and organize. It's routine. But to other people, you have to be able to write that down. You have to be able to organize it so that they can be able to read the manual, read the instructions, read the directions you're giving them, and then do it. You know, although it's, it's normal for you, when it comes to somebody else, when you're trying to teach and train them, you have to break it down. You have to explain them. You have to give them examples. You have to walk them through it, even though it's just normal and routine for you. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. So people open your eyes. But listen, what 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 are the two forms of speaking? Well, you have your internal, which is meditation, and that's when you're speaking within yourself, speaking to yourself. And we have this is a vital and an integral component because whatever you normally speak out, which is communication, is going to normally be the byproduct of what you're speaking in, that meditation. So what you're pondering on, what you're thinking about, that's your inward communication. And I always try to encourage people to, you know, use scriptures, use positive affirmations, and, and, and listen to positive and instructional and educational content that's going to give you some good words and some, some good insight to meditate on. Because some people's problem is what they're feeding themselves. And when I, what, I say, what I mean by feeding, whatever you listen to, whatever you entertain yourself with, whatever you allow to go through your eye gate and into your ear gate, that's what you're feeding your, your inner man, your soul with. And whatever you're feeding yourself with, that's what you're going to be the byproduct of. So if you're feeding yourself with inspirational, positive, educational content, then you're going to become more inspired, more educated. If you're feeding yourself with ignorance, violence, aggression, <laughs> that's what you're going to become. That's what you're going to manifest in your behavior, not just behavior, in that external communication. Your words are going to reflect what you've been meditating on. And I always teach the concept of ingestion, digestion, regurgitation. So whatever you're ingesting, whatever you're eating, and then that they regurgitate, whether the digestion is the meditation, that's equivalent to meditation. And then whatever you're speaking, that's the communication or the regurgitation. You're putting that out of there, out there. And that's why you have to be mindful of what you're feeding. What am I ingesting? What am I ingesting spiritually? You know, what am I ingesting in my mind? And then what am I just pondering on and thinking about? And then what am I saying? And if you are able to control what you're ingesting, then you'll be able to control what you're digesting, and you'll be able to, to control what you're regurgitating. It's all a process, and it involves those three steps. But what people don't realize is how critical the ingestion is. Who are your sources that are speaking into your life? Are they knowledgeable? Are they, you know, upstanding people? Or do they have integrity? Uh, are they, you know, just people doing whatever with living uh, an undisciplined life and just not playing by any rules? Are these the people influencing you and giving your your content that you're meditating and then repeating? And you know, that's that's why those two components are very necessary 
in our lives and our journey, and then just, you know, us for ourselves, being successful or unsuccessful, or even our mental state and our disposition. All of that is controlled by what and who is influencing us. So what would you tell what would you tell the people that are having difficulties in that area? I mean, what baby steps would you tell them to take? Okay, baby steps. Normally, a lot of people are stated they're listening to the wrong stuff. So the first step is to stop. You know, cut that down. For some people, they're gonna like, man, well, I like it. I'm grown so accustomed to it. Well, wean yourself. I've been there, done that. You know, you have to just step by step. Start listening to it, you know, maybe if you listen to it every day, stop, do do five days, and then replace that with some good positive things. Find you a podcast uh, that, that talks about what, you, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. If you're a leader or a business owner, you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you're an inspi- aspiring artist, whatever you are, find content that will share and teach you on that and begin to replace that other negative and and it may, it might not even be negative but stuff that's just useless you know some of us we preoccupy ourselves with just entertaining stuff and entertainment entertainment is good but you want to limit that because it's not going to be fruitful and, and increase your productivity if you're just being entertained you need more inspirational and educational and spiritual content if you're looking to uh, grow and develop, but entertainment is just about making you feel good and moving your soul and moving your emotions. So, like I'm saying, limit that kind of stuff. That's the first thing. Then the second thing is researching and finding out what would be relevant information for you. And then once you get that, start incorporating it into your life. You know, I would say start off maybe uh, 15 minutes a day. After that, maybe 30 minutes a day. It may be an hour a day, you know, if if you can, if you have that time. But if you don't have that amount of time, just however amount, amount of time you have to listen to something that's going to give you some knowledge, wisdom, and insight, you can't replace that. You know, that's irreplaceable. Those are those necessary intangibles that we need because we have a, a, a need within us to stimulate our minds to, to grow and to enhance and to develop. And um, those, you know, those are the steps I would say to take in order to make that transition and begin to listen to things that are worthwhile and more beneficial. Yeah, with that being said, everybody, Mr. Naylor just told you guys to make sure you listen to this show. (laughs) Yes, sir. Exactly. Prime example. (laughs) A prime example. You need to tune in. Check it out. Yeah, I, just, I just had to, I just had to take the time. I just had to throw that one in there, man. That was a perfect opportunity. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> so, totally so, Mister Naylor, uh, should a person uh, write down their goals, dreams, or is it is it best to just you know hold them in and and how they should handle that? Speak them out only. What do you think? Yes, they need to write them down. Like I quoted earlier, you know, write that vision, make it plain. But what happens with my former my background in teaching and education, what we were taught and what we learned is that the more senses you incorporate in the learning process, it increases the, the rate of retention of whatever it is you're trying to learn. And that goes the same here with goals. 
as you, you know, if you're just speaking, that's just audible. But then when you write it, that, that incorporates visual. And so now you have two senses that are focusing and honing in on these goals and dreams. And it's something about when you put something on paper and it, and it, and it stimulates your, your vision and it, and it addresses the visual aspect of you, it really stirs you up and sparks you. For example, I know you've heard of it. A lot of people these days, they do those vision board parties. That's the whole point of it there, putting your vision, like using props and different cutouts and things of that nature to create a visual board that you can look at. And what you're doing is incorporating another sense that's going to stir you up and inspire you to go towards it. And it's kind of funny, you know, when you, like I said, if you, if you see it, you, you can seize it. And so what happens when you incorporate that visual, it, it adds to your faith. It adds to your motivation. And now you're not just hearing it, but you're seeing it in writing. And it's good, as I say, that if you could get something like a, a, a picture of what you want, like if you have a house you want, a business you want, or something like that, if you can get that visual representation, then that will add to your confidence. It will add to your faith, and, and you'll see yourself being more inspired by just looking at it. You know, when we, look at, when, we, when we look at entertainment, basically the music is one thing, but notice what they do to help us to, to enjoy it even more. They add the video. So now you're not, you're not just having the audio but you have the visual. You're incorporating that sense of, of vision, and vision is, is important and is powerful when you add the visual to your words, and that's why you want to write that vision down. So now it's not just op up, open in the air, but it's written. And then what it also does when you write it, it makes you more accountable. Like you said earlier, if you don't write those tasks down, it's easy to forget. If you don't write the vision, the plan, the dreams down, it's easy to forget. But once you write it down, it, it, it increases that accountability because now it's not just you speaking it, but, dog, I wrote this down. It's almost like a contract, a personal contract that you have with yourself that you said you wanted to accomplish this and do this. So, it's you know, yes, we need to write it down. Yes, especially in today's times because there's so, so, so many distractions out there. Yes. Yes, indeed. They really are, you know, and that helps you, like you say, with your focus, too, just knowing that I've written this down, I've made a commitment to this, so I need to bring it into, put all of the, the work that I can towards it to try to bring it into fruition. Yes. So um, the activation, actualization in regards to dreams and destiny, let's talk about that a little bit in the three states of faith. I know I'm curious to hear about that. <laughs> well, yes, the three states of faith, a lot of this information, I say, comes from the program, comes from my book. But what happens... Give us you, the name of the book have, right there, too. Give, tell us, okay, tell yes, us the name you, of the book. Yes, a Living, Loving, Leading. You can go get it on Amazon.com. You can go to the website with the same name, livingLovingLeading.net. But what we're talking about here, appreciate that, is the activation and actualization um First of all, the activa activation, when you talk about three states of faith, you have one of three things or three states of faith was going to show your lack of action or, or your um, the type of action that you put forward. So the first state is the no faith state. This means you really don't have faith. 
And at this level, a lot of people who even talk, you know, they really don't have faith. It's just a bunch of hot air. It's just them saying whatever. And when you're at the no faith state, that means you apply no works towards your vision or dream. You might talk about it. You might get people stirred up and excited, but you don't do anything towards that goal or dream. So that's the no faith state. The, the second state is little faith. And here you put forth effort and energy and you, you do tasks towards your goal or dream. But as soon as opposition arises, as, as soon as you run into a roadblock or a wall, you cease all activities towards that goal or dream. In essence, you say, well, nah, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's, it's too hard. It's too challenging. And that's the, the little faith state. But then there's the great faith state, whereas you, you, you put forward actions, and even when those obstacles and unforeseen circumstances arise, you keep on going. You keep on persevering. So this is the great faith state. In other words, you are, are putting your actions in effect despite what's going on. Even though life is happening, even though things aren't happening the way you, you figured they would, you continue on with your with your actions because you show your, your, your faith by the way you work and how you act. And so you want to make sure you're operating in that last state because those who are going to be great, those who are going to uh, uh, achieve their dreams, manifest their destinies, you have to have great faith because you, it's not everything is not going to go your way. You're going to face opposition. You're going to face closed doors, and you're going to face delays and denials. But the key is continuing on with your faith, with your actions, despite what comes up. And what happens, because the dream, I, I, I like to equate it to puzzle pieces, and as you put as you put forward your work and you, you gather your puzzle pieces and you align them and you begin to do all your tasks, then the last part is the actualization, whereas you've done all that you can, you've put forward all the work, you, you, you've made all the contacts, you, you've gathered all the resources, so now we should see the finality or the, the finalization of the dream. It should be the culmination. It should be speaking now and not lying. Going back to the prophet, he said at the, the end, the vision will speak and not lie. And the reason why it speaks and it actualizes at the end is because you get all of the puzzle pieces. So at the beginning of your dream or the pursuit of your dream, you only have a few puzzle pieces. Say, for instance, it, it takes ten puzzle pieces. You might only have three or four pieces and then three or four tasks you know to complete. Well, as you keep on, as you do those, then you're going to have, you know, only a few puzzle pieces left. In the middle, you might have seven puzzle pieces, but you have three left. So you keep on. And then all of a sudden, once you get to the end, you should have all ten puzzle pieces put in place and your dream should become your reality. Your reality should become your dream. And we should be able to see the finished product of what you um, started off pursuing. And I could, you know, I have personal examples with each book I've written, with, with each uh, project, I've, musical project I've, I've um, produced, with my, my janitorial business, just with everything I'm doing, that was the process. And with each of them, you know, none of it was smooth. I had opposition. I had doors closed. I had all kinds of things that happened in trying to accomplish all of those. But I had to put this process into effect. And so at the end, 
Here you have the CDs. Here you have the book. You know, here you have the business that's sustaining me and my family, providing employment to others. But it all went through that process. And boy, the devil is busy out there, isn't he? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It, like I say, when I say so much happened as far as my dreams and visions, and like I said, it's all in the book. Uh, you, you just, you, you just see like dog. You know, it, it took something to accomplish all of these things. It really did. And for me, since I knew it was divinely inspired, no became, it wasn't an option, you know, just stopping and quitting. I had to complete those tasks and accomplish those goals because, it, you know, God wouldn't allow me to just sit on it and not do it. And like I said before, I, I think I mentioned this in the last interview that we had, you know, we have to adopt the acronym for no for um, next option, new opportunity, not over. So whenever you encounter the word no or you encounter a no from anyone, you just say, hey, it's on to the next option. I'm looking for a new opportunity because it's not over. And that's, I had to literally, literally condition myself to do that because you can only imagine as a, as a recording artist, I had to have doors slammed in my face and nose. Okay. Then as a writer, I'd have doors slammed in my face and nose. As a speaker, same thing. As a business owner, same thing. So in order for me to maintain my sanity, I had to develop that acronym. And I tell you, I mean, I live according to that. I'm not um, preaching something that I don't practice. I had to practice that, and it is so effective, and it has got me to where I am today. But you know, we have to just keep on going. Like you say, the devil's busy, people are busy. You'd be surprised at the opposition you'll face from family and friends and um, coworkers, no, whomever. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got the cap no, and the ball I, on that, huh? No, no, I would not be surprised because I'm sitting here thinking that everything you're saying uh, I, I've dealt with over and over and over again, and I think just having the ability to be able to multitask efficiently yes. and effectively is also a gift. You know, Ooh, yes. it, it's also a gift. Yes, yes, yes. Like you're saying, you know, you have to be flexible and be able to do more than one thing at one time, especially if you're talking about being a business owner, an entrepreneur. And it's ironic that you're saying that because I was just thinking just this morning, all of the hats I had to wear when I did my janitorial business. And even outside of that, you know, this past, this, the, the recent book I have, The Living, Loving, Leading, I basically took on all roles for that. And then even with this current project that I have that we're releasing, The Life, you know, I've been, I've been releasing the singles, but I'm going to release the EP later on in the fall. But I basically took on all the hats with that, you know, um, had some production, thank God, for a guy, my boy, Eric Jones, contributing some tax that, tracks there. But uh, I did the recording of it, the mixing, the mastering. I did the CD design. I got the distribution. Same thing with my book. I did the book design. I did the proofreading, editing, did the distribution. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, my general tour business, I negotiated the contracts. Uh, wrote the contract, was the manager, the bookkeeper. <laughs> so you got to multitask. You got to. Yes, yes. And you 
definitely have to have the the fortitude to do it because any one of those things could have you to drive off the road at any time. Yes, yes, it's, it's so right, you know. And one thing about it, whatever you don't know and you're not willing to learn, you're going to have to pay somebody else to do it. And so, you know, when you're trying to bootstrap it, man, you know, you, you have to learn a lot of things, and that way you can be more self-sufficient. And, uh, you know, you know, you know Miss Nate, I also find that one thing is kind of ironic, and I definitely hope our listeners have got a pen and paper and take and write some of this stuff down. But what I find yeah. is ironic with most people these days, they honestly don't know what they don't know. Yes. That's true. Think about That's that. True. They don't know yeah. what they don't know because don't if know. you did know what you don't know, mm-hmm. you should have enough common sense to seek out those that do that can help. Yes, yes, yes. And I think what happens, like you say, in many cases, it's just that ignorance. They just don't know that they don't know. But then, in some cases, it's, it's foolishness in that they know, but they're refusing to do anything about it the first condition you're more you're more gracious towards them because they just don't know you know uh, you can help a, an ignorant person but it's it's hard to help a fool because an ignorant person you <laughs> I'm, serious, I'm just i'm just laughing person, because listen you can help an ignorant <laughs> person but you can't help out a stupid person <laughs> yeah you can't i mean look it's that hard-nosed truth because ignorant means you you just don't know, like you said. Right. So if I give, if you give a, an ignorant person, ignorant person knowledge, they're gonna use it. They're gonna go and succeed yeah. because they're gonna apply. They're gonna convert your knowledge to wisdom, which is knowledge that's applied. But a fool, you you'll tell a fool, you tell it like you said, a super person. Okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. And the you, the the key phrase that lets you know you're dealing with a fool. Is that they'll tell you, oh, I know that. You're like, what? I know that. I know you're supposed to. They'll break it down to you. But yet you're looking at them like, why aren't you doing it? I want to do it. You're like, oh, okay. So right then, you know I'm dealing with a fool and I can't help this person. Because, you know, even they'll, they'll know, but they just refuse to do it. They don't want to do it. They have no desire Sometimes to change, they don't want to fix their situation, they've grown accustomed to it, and they're just foolish. But like you said, that ignorant person, once you reveal that truth to them, you show them, you say, look, man, look, girl, you know, just do this, do this. And they'll be thankful, they'll be grateful. But the fool, you know, they I don't want to hear that, I don't care, I already know. And so that's the difference. But yeah. Yes, yes. I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, though, but, man, I know I, I want to give our listeners the opportunity to make sure the ink pen's right and they have the paper. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about some of the things that um, hinder them from, from fulfilling their purposes. I know we touched on it briefly, but identify yeah. a few of those so they can definitely notate them, you know, because it may be in their yeah. face and and they're explaining them away. Definitely. Well, yeah. So one thing is sometimes lack of resources. You know, sometimes, of course, you need a little money to to start something. And uh, thank God for, like, GoFundMe. Thank God for 
people who will believe in your vision before it manifests really have faith because that's what faith is, you know, believing in something before it materializes and manifests. But, you know, having those people who are going to contribute and help you with those resources as far as, you know, finances. But then also sometimes you need people with certain skill sets. And at times it might take a while to find those people. And I think one of the scariest and most challenging issues is when you know someone with the skill set, but then they're not willing to contribute and help you even though you know them. And that's why I always teach people, don't get caught up on the who, just get caught up on what you need. Because you'll you'll look up and that person you know with the skill set who refuse, refuses to help you, there'll be somebody just who you never thought of. It'll be a stranger that'll come in yeah. with that same skill set and in, in many cases better that a person you, you were counting on with the skill set, who you knew. And they'll come and just contribute whatever it is and, 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 you know, sometimes just donate whatever it is that you needed. And so, you know, that's one of the main keys there, lack of resources, whether finances or people. And then sometimes life just happens. You know, um, you can look at young people sometimes. You know, a young lady might get pregnant. young man might have a baby, but he had dreams of doing this or doing that. And that kind of alters, you know, it, it alters everything. It really significantly, significantly affects your life. So now, you know, it's not that it's impossible to achieve the dream, but your time frame is going to differ and your priorities are going to shift now because now the child becomes important or whatever. And so you have to deal with that. You know, sometimes loss of a loved one, sickness, um, all kinds of things can happen that can hinder you from going towards your dream. I know with me, I experienced several partnership breakups. I had it I had it to happen twice. I had it with my music, and then I had it in my janitorial. So when that happens, you have to now make all kind of, kind of adjustments because it was you and another person, and now you have to assume their responsibilities. Sometimes you have to clean up and fix things. They may have messed up. And, you know, all of these are just examples of, things that can happen in life that can really just mess you up and kind of set you uh, set you back and kind of set you off course. But as I stated, you just have to recalibrate, try to fix those problems along the way and make your adjustments so that you can stay on track and continue your journey towards your destiny. Yeah, and then when you have those type of situations, you know, it takes a minute to recalibrate and get your stuff back together because you, you kind of – uh, despondent, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, here, here I go again, you know. And yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and when you've done that uh, multiple times, you mean like, what yeah. am I doing? Then it makes you, you know, you self reflect too. You like, you know, mm-hmm. I've been through this before, and it actually challenges your faith because you're like, well, why am I mm-hmm. going through this again? What 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 are, what am I missing? What what do I need yeah. to learn that I didn't get? before you know yeah. and then you have to then you figure out was it really me or is it just mm-hmm. you know the multitude of people in the world and it's just like you know the, the throw of the dice yeah. i just happen to get um saddled up with the wrong type of people and then you recheck yourself again mm-hmm. and then you say well maybe yeah. it's not really me you know yeah 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 yeah, at times, like you said, it'll throw you for a loop. A lot of times, it'll it'll knock you out for a little bit if you, if you're not careful. 
But like you say, you just have to self-reflect, self-evaluate, and see, okay, was it just me? And sometimes it's just who you selected. It's just the person's uh, personality. And sometimes you have, you know, people have, we have like, I guess, prototypes of uh, uh, different personalities in general. And what, you, what I noticed, I guess, in, in both of my situations after reflecting is I kind of selected the similar type of personality. And because of it, I got the same result. You know, it happened just basically clockwork, the same uh, format. It happened in both instances. And so I know I learned from that, number one, I won't ever do like a partnership whereas me and a person, you know, now I can contract and be like a, a, a consultant with someone or do contract work before me setting up and saying, well, look, we're going to be business for We're going to do this. Uh-uh. I, like I say, I, it, it, it has happened twice. And, I mean, you know, I think even if I selected a different person, it just has that potential along the way somewhere it happening again. So I, I'd rather just work on a contract, you know, where, hey, we, we agreed to do this and that instead of like a long-term, just a, a business partnership because uh, it takes work from both parties. And if, if one person decides, hey, I don't want to do this, it just messes everything up. So it's best to just have that, you know, like a contract or like I say, well, you know, you kind of um, partner with person for maybe for a season, but not for long term, you know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's challenging when that happens. You know, it's unfortunate, too. A lot of people nowadays, you know, they have this self mentality, and even yeah. though they partner with you, they have ulterior yeah. motives. You know, they, oh, they're they yeah. not really there for the partnership. They're there to learn what yeah. you know with every intention yeah. of not being with you, but just to get what you yeah. got in terms of knowledge to go out and actually yeah. be your competitor, go out and be your competitor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll do that. They'll glean from you, like you say. They get all the information, all the insights, all the, you know, the routine, the procedures and everything, and like you said, go out there and do their own thing and become your competitor. That happens over and over again, and that's why you and have won't, to be and won't careful. Give you no, hey, look, and won't give you no credit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's theirs. <laughs> it's theirs. Yeah, we just so happen to, you know, do the same thing. But, uh, yeah, that, that that is one of those dangerous things that can happen, you know, one of the um, results of, of trying to do a partnership. Yeah, it, it happens all the time, and that's why I say it. You know, I, 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 because of my experience, I won't do that again. I'll just be able to contract, do my part, contribute this, you contribute that. But as far as us saying, okay, this is going to be our baby together, we're committing to this, mm-mm, no, sir. I think we've all had that uh, that definitely experience. Like I said, you could uh, yes. help somebody, educate them, school them, point them in the right direction, and, and then if you look on the liner notes and the credits, the first thing they want to say, thank God, thank my family, and your name won't be nowhere near there. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, no. That's how it goes, you know. But that's why, of course, you, you, you want to make sure that whatever you do, just do it from the heart. And that way, if, if they don't acknowledge you, you like, you know, hey, it was it was all – uh, good. I, I did it from the heart anyway. You know, it's a blessing if you can acknowledge, but if not, no, you know, don't don't worry about it. You know, try not to be bitter or whatever. Just just release it. 
And um, that way you're not feeling bad or feeling some type of way about them and kind of keeping that on you, you know, just release it. And that way at the end of the day you're happy and you're cool. Yeah, try not to be bitter and don't try to go blow up their house. (laughs) I don't put a hit out on them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what are some characteristics of those who uh, you would classify as achievers and movers and shakers? Well, definitely that resiliency factor. And resiliency is just the ability to bounce back from any traumatic experience that you go through. And I know I kind of share different people in my book. I think it's like four people that I share who exhibit exhibited resilience in their lives and uh, one of the people is definitely like Oprah Winfrey as you study her life and her childhood man she went through some things but to be who she is and where she is and what she is today it just shows a a great amount of resiliency to be able to bounce back from all of her traumatic experiences and, and be who she is and you know where she is and then um also looking at like uh, another good example in studying history, um, Abraham Lincoln went through a lot of things, um, you know, had a sweetheart to die, had a nervous breakdown. He lost so many times as he was trying to get into office. But then finally he reached that place of becoming a presidency after all of the things, the setbacks and the things that he went through. And like I said, you know, I give just examples of that, that resiliency factor, factor, which is so important. Then the other thing is flexibility and what I've learned, sometimes people in life and in certain junctures where you are, you have different strategies and coping mechanisms you have to use in order to make it. Well, sometimes once you transition into another state and another place in life, you have to be able to make the adjustment to now utilize and employ strategies that are relevant to this current place. And what I see people doing, they will take, strategies from a former level and a former place and try to bring them into new places where they're not relevant and sometimes they're not even appropriate. And that's why you have to be flexible to know, okay, I did that there, but here I don't have to use that strategy. I don't I don't have to do that, you know, because it's a, 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 a different place that I am in life now, you know. For instance, you might be in a place where things are kind of tight, so you have to, you know, get loans. You have to you know, hustle and do this and do that in order to, to make ends meet. But all of a sudden you get blessed now, you, you, your income is exceeding your expenses. So now you shouldn't still be trying to get loans and do different, you know, different things you were doing in order to bring an income because now you're making enough. Now it's all about budgeting and, and spending appropriately and, and having discipline because, you know, at the, the former place you might have just been in lack. But now you're in a, in a place of, of abundance, so now you can you can have it, and you don't have to get loans and stuff. Because I see people, some people just it doesn't matter how much money you give them, they're gonna always be in debt because they lack discipline, they lack money management management skills, and that's what I'm saying. You know, being able to make adjustments when you get into different places, and so knowing where you are, and that that requires that flexibility so that you can adjust and do the things you need to in the place you're in now. And then um, I think another thing would be that discipline, because what I found in life, 
discipline goes a long way. And I outlined this that, you know, go ahead, you were about to say something, Mr. Patterson? No, no, I just said yes, you're okay. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it goes into, like, money management. Discipline goes into, it goes into emotional control. It goes into time management. It goes into parenting and leadership. It goes into professionalism. All these things are tied to discipline. And what I define discipline is as is the ability to stop doing things that are detrimental and harmful to you and to be able to start doing things that are beneficial and positive to you but doing not, and not just doing them, but doing them consistently. That's what discipline enables you to do. And we can even go into exercise and being fit and taking care of our bodies. It requires discipline. You know, everybody at the beginning of the year gets the, the everybody gets the, the gym membership and, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Finally this year, I'm going to do it. Everybody starts it. And I laugh every year. It's the same cycle at my gym. <laughs> Uh, you got that crowd, that January crowd, boy. I made no room on a treadmill, no room on a weight, parking lot full. Yeah, but it's like, okay, this will last to probably mid-February, the longest early March. But by then, we just going to be back to normal. And so that's what I'm saying. Discipline causes you to keep going. It goes beyond just a feeling, you know, of I, I don't want to, I want to. Once you discipline yourself, it becomes your routine whether you want to or not. You know, you have to be just really sick or really hurting or just too tired or too busy to do it. But once you discipline yourself in these different areas, you begin to become consistent. You begin, begin to uh, be dependable, reliable, and you become effective and efficient because you discipline yourself, you organize yourself, you set yourself up to constantly do those routines and necessary strategies so that you can succeed. But, yeah, discipline is so powerful. And it also helps with, like you were talking about earlier, Mr. Patterson, being focused. That's what discipline allows, too, and helps you with. It helps you put those blinders on to the things that are trying to distract you, and you're able to hone in and focus on that goal and that agenda and dream you got. Yes, and you definitely uh, said yourself and not a buddy plan because if you depend on somebody else with discipline you're going to fail every time but mr naylor we're down to the last minute or so of the show man tell everybody where they can go get your book get in contact with you okay yes sir living loving leading you can go on amazon.com you have the ebook as well as the hard copy or you can go to my site at livingloving.net also, derail.org, if that's the easiest thing you can remember, D-A-R-I-L dot O-R-G, go there. Have all my sites. I'm on Facebook, Damon, D-A-M-O-N dot Nailer, N-A-I-L-E-R. The same thing on Instagram, Damon dot Nailer. And on Twitter, it's at D-A-R-I-L and the number one. Yes, sir. Yes, and I want to thank you again for coming through and chopping it up with us, man. And we're definitely going to have you come back yes. on, man. I love your positive yes. message, man. I love your yes, ability, sir. man, to encourage people and motivate people. And I think we need more people yes, out there such as yourself, man. You yes, know, sir. so I'm definitely uh, going to invite you to come back through, man, And anytime you want, anytime yes, you want. Yes, sir. We thank you. We will be back and appreciate the platform you're providing, Mr. Patterson. Thank you so much. I enjoy myself. Love your spirit and energy, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr.
Mr. Damon, the real nailer, everybody. And if you didn't miss, uh, if you didn't get all of the show, it'll be available worldwide in a few moments. And if you're having problems finding it, make sure you ask your daddy, ask your mama, to ask the guy across the street. He knows the guy at the store. So you have no excuse not to hear the show in its entirety. And if that fails, you know, you can always email me, Lamont, at worldmovement.com. Check out worldmovement.com. There's always links to the show. So you have no excuse not to hear the show. And go out and support this young man because he's giving you some jewels, some way to straighten out the problem points in time in your life. So now with all this drama and crazy stuff going on out there in the world, now's the times to fix it. You can't fix everybody, but you can fix yourself. So come back next week, same time, and blessings to you all, and thank you for listening. This is Can I Play a Play? See you later. God is good, 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 good. Yeah. Nice.